Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 26 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today, we're talking with PR and marketing expert, Hannah Nieves. With extensive experience in marketing, branding, and PR, Hannah knows what it takes to build, market, and promote authentic brands and create results. She created her business out of the sheer passion of being able to serve female entrepreneurs and visionaries like yourself. What started out as a mentorship program turned agency, consulting, and education platform has allowed Hannah to serve women in a multitude of industries and creative backgrounds. Hannah really is the go-to resource for marketing, branding, and PR for entrepreneurs and brands alike. And I love this episode so much. We dive into so many amazing PR strategies for product businesses. So everything from how do you get featured on big media publications like Goop and Britain Co. and Oprah, some examples of Hannah's clients that she's worked with, the process of pitching to the media, and exactly how do you pitch yourself to the media? And then lastly, how influencer marketing can be an effective PR strategy. All right, guys, grab your coffee and an extra large glass of wine because this is going to be an amazing episode. Hey, Hannah, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So I have been a big fan of yours. I don't know when the first time I discovered you somehow on Instagram, but I've definitely been a huge fan. And so I definitely am very excited about today's episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I'm excited for everyone to learn about your expertise. I feel like you are such an interesting person and I'm excited to kind of dive into a few things. But before we get started, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about you and how you got into starting your business? Yes, yes. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm from New York. I am a consultant and an agency owner. So I work with premium brands across on the consulting and agency side and also on the education platform side where I'm working with recently established businesses all the way up to multi-seven figure brands. Um, and really kind of hone in on marketing, branding, and PR as a whole to work with my clients. And a little bit about me and my background, you know, I came from, you know, corporate America prior to this world, started actually my career out in uh, the commercial uh, real estate industry. And if you can picture the Wolf of Wall Street, it was exactly that. And then uh, moved into a national home interiors brand where I was director of marketing. Um, they're still actually one of my consulting clients now. Um, so transitioned into this business actually through burnout. So I've been really on a mission of sharing my story. And that's another reason why I love PR so much because of the fact that you were able to showcase all these incredible stories. So that's just a 
quick little background of kind of how I got into the space. I love it. Yeah, I have read a little bit about your story. And I always think it's interesting just to hear people's transition of working, especially at a corporate company. Um, That's really where I came from as well. And it's always interesting to hear people how they transition from that corporate job, which is obviously all about it's just different than having your own business. And, you know, I think that's probably one of the things that attracts a lot of people to starting a business is kind of like the confinement of working in the corporate America. So I, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's always interesting to hear. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'm really excited just to dive into a little bit of the PR stuff. I, I, I've had a few chats with you before and I, so I'm aware of some of the clients that you've helped, but I would love for people to know some of the, you know, product businesses that you've worked with, whether it's from your, you know, your past jobs or your current business, I would love to hear a little bit more about some of the brands that you've worked with. Yeah, absolutely. And we've helped, you know, clients across multitude of different backgrounds and industries. And we have several different, you know, physical products that we are working with currently. We have an accessories brand, um, working with a stationary brand. In the past, we have a celebrity fashion designer. And then prior to this world, and again, that's just more on the physical product side. We actually also have a brick and mortar location that has physical products. And then also working with a startup eyewear brand that's just launching out of Canada. So that's currently right now. And then my past life was working with on a lot of influencer projects for this National Home Interiors brand. And that was a physical product as well, which was more in the luxury home storage organization and closet space. So across the board. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I, I definitely know of the, the brand and I definitely love all their products. So I do love the high-end brand as well. I think there's something to there's something to be said about working with a product business that is more high-end and luxury definitely something that I really like. And the business that I started, the subscription box business was definitely more of a high-end feel. And I I don't know, like I could ramble on about the benefits of having a high-end brand, but I do love that. So I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. That's been a lot of your background too. And so in terms of PR media, I know that's, you know, your secret sauce. I would love to just kind of dive into why a product business might want to be featured on a media source of some sort. Like what are the benefits of that? There are so many benefits. And again, I kind of like to think of it as like one part of the ecosystem, right? Like with media, you're leveraging number one, these outlets that, you know, and if it's traditional media, I'm talking about either digital or print. You're leveraging these outlets, impressions, their readership, the eyeballs on their platforms, which could be millions and even billions of views. You are also leveraging the credibility that comes from getting featured, whether it is on TV or, you know, in a Forbes or Real Simple or any of those types of publications. So it really just helps to build credibility for your product and really helps elevate it as well. And then you also just really gain access to this whole new span of visibility that you currently don't have. And, you know, with traditional, you know, uh, media placements as well, you're not paying for that either, which is really great, especially if you are just starting out in your, in your uh, physical products business. And then what I know that you talked about, you know, you get millions and potentially billions of impressions. How do you feel like that can be measured? Is there a way to measure some of these features? Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to looking at like, obviously their Instagram handles and or UVPM unique visitors per month, which, you know, I look at from the agency side on our platform, I mean, we use Cision personally, but you can sometimes get readership or impressions off of a media kit as well. If the platform will usually have it under their PR section 
of their website. You can either ask for one or they can, you can download it from there. But really what I'm looking at is number one, first off from a positioning standpoint, like does this place and actually help the business? Two, looking at website traffic, and you can look at this through, you know, your Google Analytics or your social media following or directly with your sales. So there's a lot of different ways to measure the success of it. And it's kind of like a snowball effect, right? It's like one piece then starts to trickle and get larger and larger. And that's why it's one of those things with PR that's you don't just start and stop. It's you just continuously do it for your business. Right. No, I love that. And I and, and I ask that specifically because a lot of people that I work with, I work with a lot of different e-commerce or subscription clients. And a lot of people ask me, like, how do I get like how do I get on like the BuzzFeeds or the Forbes or, you know, Martha Stewart's whoever, you know, I work with a lot of different clients, but People always ask me those types of questions. Like, how do I get on these big name, these big ticket people? Like, how do I get an Oprah? I have so many people that ask me that. How, I mean, is there a specific journey to get to that spot? Or is it more of working with an agency and, you know, they might have connections to some of these big people like, you know, Britain Co or something. How does that work? I don't know if you can share any details. Absolutely. And the biggest thing is that, I mean, you can absolutely do it yourself. Absolutely. The biggest thing with PR is that it's labor intensive. It's very labor intensive. And that's another reason why people will also come to me too, is because, you know, if you are doing this yourself, you have to do a lot of the research on number one, who are the different people building out your media list, crafting the pitches, sending follow-ups, you know, setting, you know, press kits out or samples out, you know, which all that entire process can be a lot too. You can absolutely do it yourself. But on the flip side too, from an agency standpoint, we do take that off of you. So, you know, it really just depends on where you are in your business and what support you need. But you can absolutely outsource to an agency if that feels in alignment with you. My biggest recommendation is just finding a consultant agency that aligns with you because that's that's the biggest thing. There are tons of different agencies out there and they all operate so differently. So it's really just finding the one that really sits well with you and it can really almost be a strategic partner in your business with you. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think there's so many benefits of having those features. I was literally just recording one of my course modules for my course that I teach people how to grow their existing product business and I was talking about the importance of having the features section on your website. And Mm -hmm. I use my own business, for example, my business had a lot of cool features. You know, if I'm not sure if you, you know, know the Dodo, it's a, it's a pet. I'm not even sure what you'd call them, but it's a a business of some kind. Um, But they have, you know, a massive audience and I actually pitched to them um, randomly and it, they didn't promote my business. It was through a different angle, but it was really cool. Cause I did get a backlink from the Dodo on my website and it was, it brought so much traffic to my business, but my, I guess my question also is I, I firmly believe that having those names on your website, like as featured in, and it doesn't even matter really what it is. I, I think from a, a customer perspective, it brings so much credibility. So when you mm-hmm. go to that, and you see, okay, this person has been featured on Goop, Martha Stewart, Britain Co. They must be a really amazing product. I'm definitely going to buy them. So I feel like it does help with that. I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but my question <laughs> in terms of PR companies, I remember with my business, I used to get a lot of people that would email me and they would say, you know, we could get you features in all these specific places like blah, 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 you have to pay this much money. Like how do you feel like that, that pay and play market is 
is that really how it works? Or do you think that, and like, do you think those are people that people should go with? I was never sure if that was like the right person to work with. I never worked with an agency, but I do remember getting emails from a few people and they were definitely very aggressive and (laughs) definitely didn't rub me the right way, but. Yeah. And that's, you know, to be quite honest, that is something that this industry (laughs) sees a lot with, Um, especially in the online coaching world. I was just having a conversation with this with one of the freelance writers that I'm friends with. And we're actually going to be doing a clubhouse room on this soon because it is not kosher to do that. I've done a lot of media planning and buying in my past life in corporate America and, you know, working with big publications like the New York Times, you know, spending a million dollars on print buys. And the biggest thing is that, you know, with these types of placements, there is a, there's a thing called advertorial, right? There's editorial, there's advertorial. Advertorial is paid. It looks like it's editorial, but it's not, but it will say this is sponsored content. Mm -hmm. Now there are some people out there that are like, pay $5,000 and get, you know, featured in Forbes or pay $300 and get featured in Yahoo finance or whatever. Yes. Which is like all fine and dandy. But they're, the biggest thing is like they're not disclosing that they're getting paid, which that's where it bridges the line between that that is not PR. That's not earned media, right? And PR has evolved so much in, you know, obviously with digital marketing on the past, you know, years with social media and that PR in its truest form is meant to be earned, right? It's free. However, with like influencer marketing, that's where it starts to bridge the line between, okay, now this is more pay to play. When you really think of influencer marketing, it's not earned. You're paying these influencers. So um, what I always recommend to people is number one, like do a gut check. Does this actually feel good to you? Like, would you be excited to pay $5,000 to get featured in Forbes? Which mind you, most of the, not most, all of those contributors that are on there have to sign off on these guidelines um, with what they can and cannot do. And actually you're not supposed to get paid in traditional journalism. You do not, I do not pitch a writer and say, can I pay you to feature my client? You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like what you said about the gut check. Cause that sort of, I was like, just thinking back to my experience when I used to get those emails from people. And it was, I want to say it was like the same company that would just send me different, different people. Mm-hmm. They tried to like, I want to say they use different weird email addresses that obviously weren't the same, but then the, like they would send the signature and it would be the same person. And yeah, it weird company in California. I don't know why I just, <laughs> anyway, I agree with you on the gut check. Cause I felt really weird about those people and I never worked with them and I, I didn't even consider working with them. So yeah. Um, and the Yahoo finance too, I'm laughing because I get so many emails from them being like, we're writing a, we're writing a post about like 10, um, Instagram coaches. And I'm like, and I'm like, why are you inviting me to that? I'm not even an Instagram coach. Like mm-hmm. just do your facts before you're going to, you know, ask people to pay money to be on one of those. So exactly, um, it's hard. And I think for a lot of businesses, they're like, you know, I want to be on all these different platforms, but they don't know if they should be paying for this or not. I think it's one of those things where there's not, I mean, maybe there is a lot of education about it, but I do think a lot of, you know, my clients will come to me and say, you know, I got this email from a company. Should I do it? And I'm always like, well, I don't know. So it's good to hear your perspective. (laughs) Absolutely. I usually keep it real. I'm from New York, so I don't sugarcoat things. (laughs) I love it. 
I'm the same. I'm um, I'm a Northeaster too. I'm from Boston. I'm pretty much the same. And then in terms of like, how does someone actually pitch? So say, you know, we have a brand in there, they really want to start getting features. How do they start that process? Like, how do they start pitching to the media? So one of the things I always recommend, if you are thinking about pitching to the media is first off, get clear of like what your goals are, right? Get clear of like, why are you doing this first off? Where do you see your business going? And then from there, I would start to think about, okay, like with your physical product, right? Like, is there you know, for example, Mother's Day is coming up, right? So it makes sense. Okay, if you have a product that can be applicable to that, now, how do we find different outlets that would align with your actual physical product? And that's where the research starts to come in. So I always like to think again, if you're listening and you have a physical product, there are great either roundup inclusions that are great for you. Holiday gift guides are wonderful. If there are certain holidays that align with your business, for example, to make it newsworthy or time sensitive, that's the biggest thing, especially for physical products. And another thing as well that you can also leverage are influencers. That's another kind of obviously umbrella underneath PR that other physical products can take advantage of, which is a whole other can of worms I can go into. But that is another great way to also expand reach as well. But it is a little bit different of a structure than pitching, you know, like traditional media. Yeah, no, I love that. I had, um, I had a different person on the podcast recently, and she was talking about influencers and how that plays into PR. And I, I didn't, I wasn't even aware of that. I always kind of took and put influencers in a different bracket, like its own form of marketing. I didn't even consider that that could be something that a PR agency could help with. So it's really, really interesting. And now I'm like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. I don't know what I was thinking, but (laughs) yeah, a lot of people think that, you know, with PR agencies, like we're just pitching the media. And I always have to constantly remind people that it's one piece of the pie, like it's one small piece. And, you know, for example, if someone's working on like a new product launch and there needs to be like event planning, event planning is under there. Content writing is under there. Usually in corporate America, like the social media teams like live underneath PR in a way. So everything is intertwined and it's really just thinking about, and again, the communication from you as the brand and your audience, your the public. Right. No, I love that. That makes sense. And yeah, I'm one of those people that I just used to clump it into just its own form of marketing. Cause even with my business, I, I did work with influencers. I never paid for, for anything. It was more, I'll give you free product, that sort of yeah. thing. I think it was like a lower level, like micro influencers that I worked with more, but mm-hmm. like influencers, influencers are an incredible way, especially for a product business. I mean, I think for service too, but I think more, more importantly for product, cause you can really get your products in front of a like-minded audience. And that person, you know, the influencer has already built up that trust with their audience. And so when they are, you know, talking about a product that they like, or that they just received and they're, you know, kind of showing it off on their Instagram stories, you know, you can imagine how much sales will come through because they don't, you know, they've already built up that like, no, and trust. And it's just an incredible way to get your stuff in front of new people. Yeah. And, and you know, the industry of influencers has changed a lot over the last few years. And, you know, the, the, the dynamics and the power of what influence marketing can do for business is, is just, it's wild. I mean, some of these influencers have massive reach on their platforms and to a brand, especially to like, even like corporate, you know, brands, even the brand that I was at before, you know, when you think about it, they have such, so much trust. And for example, if this influencer has a million people, it's like, you're almost paying for advertising in that way. When you think about it. And it's, it's 
reaching a different demographic that you normally wouldn't get if I'm doing, you know, a full page or a spread in like the New York times, you know? So just a different way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I was telling this story the other day, but I had been approached by a a company. I I don't remember the name, but they worked with the the girls from teen mom. Uh, Again, like Mm -hmm. they they wanted Mm -hmm. to send my products to the teen mom girls and they wanted me to pay a certain amount of money. And I was like, I, I, I just can't afford that. I'm sorry. I was like, but I have an affiliate program. I was like, if they want, they can join my affiliate program. I'm happy to give them, you know, an accelerated commission rate if they actually sell anything. But I was like, I just can't afford, you know, what you're asking me. I was yeah. like, I'm a, I'm a small business. I don't have staff. And they ended up they They were like, okay, fine. That didn't work out, but they sent my product to a singer in Australia, something Simpson. I can't remember her name, something Simpson. Mm-hmm. And she had like millions of followers and she did actually post a picture of my product. And, you know, in this case, like n- nothing came from it. I think she had a lot of followers, but number one, it just didn't align with my product. Right. Um, mm-hmm. her account was actually, the engagement was very low. She had a million, 2 million followers, but if you actually looked at her posts, she was getting like two comments. So yeah, that, that, and that was honestly welcome to my world because that was something <laughs> that I would have to analyze all the time, especially, you know, when we were, you know, in, in corporate, like, I mean, dealing with projects that could cost a hundred thousand dollars that we be, would discount, you know, deeply, if not for some big people could be for free. And when you're dealing with that type of exchange, it's just a different type of exchange. And that's where like for small businesses, like for physical products, I would be looking at the engagement rates. There's, there's great platforms out there like social blade. And I think it's called people map. I think it's called people map where you can look at an influencer's engagement rate and you know, their comments and things like that, because it's not just a follower account. I mean, if they're getting two comments on a a photo, who cares, you know? So asking things like that, asking things on the demographics, and that's where like you could ask for a media kit when it comes to influencers, you know? Yeah. A lot of my clients too are, they get approached by influencers that, you know, they charge this much money. And I think people, I know for, especially for my clients, like people don't know what to ask. They don't know what to ask. They don't know how to People and they always say to me, Carrie, this person has um, 20,000 followers, but they want this much money. What should I do? And I'm like, okay, what, how is their engagement? Do they have a trusted audience? Like, that's what you need to look mm-hmm. at. Else. But I think people immediately jump to those vanity metrics followers and that's it. Like, and I always say, you know, you can have a hundred thousand followers, but if your audience is not engaged, then I don't know how much ROI you're going to actually get from this exchange. So exactly. And one of the things I recommend too, if you're thinking about influencers is to also don't discredit the micro influencers. And I've worked with influencers that are of a macro scale over a million followers to people who have 10,000 followers, just like me. And to be quite honest, the people that have under, I mean, what I've noticed too, that are under like that, you know, 150 K even under hundred K more between like the the 10 to 75k range i have found can perform better than some of these macro level um influencers because again like they've built such a tight community with your with their audience that people trust them a lot too so don't discredit the smaller people but again like do your due diligence as a business owner and make sure you have contracts in place i could not agree with you more too i know from my personal experience 
for my business, working with the smaller people. I also think the smaller people care more. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Once you're, you get to a certain, you know, following size, it's more about monetizing your account, which that's fine. Like I have, that's, that's your business. Like I get it. I do think the smaller people, they, they may care more about the products. They may make more effort, mm-hmm. take better photos for you. So I agree with you. I think the the micro influencers, I always recommend those more than anyone else. And especially too, if you're a new business and you can't afford to pay an influencer, then, you know, you want to look for those people that will do it in exchange for a product. So exactly. And you can always ask, or if you offer like affiliate links, that's always great too. Cause like on the flip side, you know, from an influencer standpoint as well, they're thinking, okay, cool. Like you're using my audience as advertising and I've built this trust with my audience. Right. So, you know, and it's a lot of work on that side too, for them to, and if they, you know, obviously do it the right way, like, you know, curating an actual story around the product, if they're going to create content around it, like you can really see people who are passionate, but it is one of the best ways for small businesses to get their physical products in the hand of other people. And I do agree. Like it's such an, it's such an easy way, especially when you're young and you're trying to get that visibility. I really consider influencer marketing, one of the fastest ways to get return on investment other than, you know, like Pinterest and SEO, which take a long Mm -hmm. time you know, influencer marketing, especially if you're doing it in exchange for product and you have an affiliate program and you're not having to pay upfront cash, an incredibly easy way just to get quick sales. So, Mm -hmm. exactly. and then I just have like another question. So in terms of just back to kind of the media, I know I went in a bit of a tangent and I do love (laughs) talking in terms of like the media and pitching, how, like, what is the process? So could you just kind of walk through like how someone would figure out which media outlet would be the best fit for their brand? Absolutely. So depending on like what the physical product is specifically, I'd be looking at like, what is your target demographic? Who are you trying to target? For example, are you trying to go after you know, millennial aged women or X, Y, Z, right? Really think about who you're trying to go after first. So say your, your product, and I'll just give you an example is in the home interior space, right? Or lifestyle space. I'd be looking at, okay, number one, for example, like a Martha Stewart, real simple, better homes and gardens, right? I'm looking at more lifestyle publications that publish other people similar to me. And one of the best ways to figure this out is look at other people in your space. And you can even see like if there are other press trails that people have um, or the placements that they've gotten featured, because usually that'll also give you an indication of what writers are writing about your specific topic. So do the research there first. Once you've actually figured out like the actual outlets, you've maybe seen some writers that um, align with your brand and that write about, you know, your specific industry. That's when I would start the nurturing process and start building relationships. And, you know, depending on how big of a platform you're going, you know, a lot of these writers are getting hundreds of pitches a day. So you have to get super creative with how you have to pitch the follow-up, the subject line, because that's your one, that's your one shot, right? And it's something you have to consistently nurture. So my biggest recommendation is connect with these people first, build a relationship on social media before you then go and, you know, pitch them. And if you are cold pitching them, I think it's more so have you read their work before? Like writers love to hear that 
people actually read their work. So can you reference that in a pitch? We've gotten writers who will write back to us and say, thank you so much for the kind words on our work. Like really appreciate that because it takes a lot of work to produce. And some of these writers are producing, you know, I mean, multiple articles a week. Wow. I love that. And I like that you mentioned the cold pitching because I can imagine, I'm just going to throw this out there. I can imagine like 90% of people just don't spend that five to 10 minutes and literally go to see what else they've written, see what you can reference that maybe there's a connection point between the two of you. Maybe you went to the same college or you majored in the same thing, or you both have dogs, like do the due diligence before you cold pitch people. I I hate cold pitching and like really in any capacity. I just, it's so frustrating and really obnoxious. So it's mm-hmm. if you actually take the time and just spend five minutes and make that email a little bit personal, even the subject line of how, however you can do to get them to like stop the scroll and feel like I have to open this email. I do think yeah. that makes sense. And so, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, depending on the outlets, again, you're pitching, you know, again, if you're reaching out to them for the first time, it, you know, what I would even recommend is just making sure that you've like, you know, reference a past article that you've liked or a reference a past article that has really resonated with you. And what did you take from it? You know, if that's, if that's your initial encounter with that person. And I just have one more question, because this is something that I did and I don't know if this is inappropriate or not, but that's fine. Yeah. Just, years ago. Um, what are your thoughts on a brand just sending samples to someone like Britain Co? So sending samples to a writer, to their office, like give me more, more yeah. details there. So, okay. I'll just give you my example. Cause I did this. Okay. So my goal, like one of my big goals for my business was to be featured by Britain Co. I'm obsessed with them. And I just felt like my product aligns with their brand. It's colorful. It's bright. Like it's feminine. I feel like they have, they need to feature my product somewhere. So I multiple times sent them samples of <laughs> my subscription box mm-hmm. and hoping to get some sort of a feature. And I said, I have an affiliate program. I can give you a special commission rate, et cetera. And nothing ever happened from it, which is fine. Like, I feel like I got A for effort for trying, but is there like a specific process to sending samples or is that actually potentially not appropriate because maybe like, how do they know my sample isn't something dangerous? Right. Just kind yeah, of- exactly. And that's one of the things too, like if you're sending, well now with COVID, it's a little bit different. So everyone's working from home. So one of the things I'd recommend is before you go and send someone samples, like I would ask first, just because, especially if it's like someone's personal address, they will be like, okay, how did you get my actual address? <laughs> So I would first do the due diligence. And this is where when you pitch, you can say, hey, I'd love to send you a sample of my product. Let me know the best address and I'll send it out for you. And I can also offer affiliate links. That's another thing too. Most big platforms, and this is sometimes can be unfortunate, (laughs) I've noticed will also feature a lot of things from Amazon because the affiliate links are so good there. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, again, small businesses competing with Amazon, always make sure that you can offer affiliate links. It will help you so much more. But like, for example, I was pitching this Forbes writer on a specific article 
article and she loved it and wanted to see the product. So I said, okay, great. So we ended up sending her samples. Actually, this happened to two writers and that was the open door. So now they've gotten the samples. It opens up the door for me to circle back with them, connect with them. How do you like it? So that way, for example, this one birdie writer that's writing four articles a month on hair and she just got scrunchy samples, she's going to be top of mind. You know what I mean? So it's things like that. And that was also, again, it was like the open door to starting the relationship. I love it. That's so smart. And yeah, I agree. I think me sending samples wasn't the smartest idea, but it was one of those things where I was learning and I was kind of willing to do whatever it took. And I was like, I'll send samples. I don't care. I didn't write. You get scrappy. You get scrappy when you need to. my middle name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did, I did everything, but, um, I just, for some weird, I don't, I don't even know why I wanted to be featured by them so badly, but I did. It was like in my head, I have to be featured by them. So it is funny to look back at some of the silly things I did, but no, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like I just learned so much from you on just some easy ways to kind of get some presence and get some visibility by pitching your brand to the media, but in the right way in a non sleazy way. So Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. Of course. And how can everyone find you? And then second, what offers do you have or services? And I would love to hear more about your services that you could offer for any product business because there's going to be a lot of different people listening. And I think a lot of people will definitely want your help. Absolutely. So I am mainly over on Instagram at Hannah M. Nieves, and I do a lot of free trainings on this. I'm actually going to be doing a masterclass all on PR, the foundations of it for small businesses on April 30th. So if you are around, I can send you the details for that. And then depending on where your business is, business is, I have a multitude of different ways that clients can work with me either on the agency side where we literally take it off of your plate and we do it for you or on the education platform side where I help coach and consult you on how to do it for yourself. So depending on where your business is, I am an open book. Come into my DMs. I will voice memo you back. um, And I'm always happy to help. Awesome. Thank you so much, Hannah. This was amazing. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. Wow. Such a great episode. I just loved chatting with Hannah. So if you are loving this episode as much as I did, please go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I do a happy dance every single time we get a great review. And I really love to hear what you learned, what you were surprised about and what things you're going to implement in your own business. And if you would like to work with me in growing your existing product business, go ahead and click the application link in the show notes. I am taking one-on-one clients for my six or 12-week coaching programs where I help you implement organic marketing strategies that will help grow your business and make money while you're sleeping. All right, guys, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at... Harry A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.